everybody and welcome back to the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. I'm Dale. And tonight we're going to be talking about what our Commander Collection Blue would look like. Uh, it's obviously going to be Dale's most hated Commander Collection. Yeah, he's doing his list with as much spite as he can. <laughs> but uh, I, love the, I love the color blue. And we're basically using the formula that they have already set out in Commander Collection Green. So, uh, eight cards. Uh, two of them are going to be a bullshit uh, Command Tower and a Soul Ring. Like, who gives a shit about those? Uh, those aren't even monocolor. And if you're running a Command Tower in a mono blue deck, fuck you, first of all. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't... Why? That could just be an island. But, anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so... We have six slots, basically, to fill, and we're going to kind of talk through some of our thought processes and why we believe that some cards should be included and some should not be. So a little bit of background on the Commander Collection Green, which we're kind of modeling our lists after. Uh, it has the Soul Ring, the Command Tower, a Sylvan Library, a Worldly Tutor, uh, a Bane of Progress, an Omnath, Locus of Mana, Seedborn Muse and a Fraley's Land Wars Fury. So that's one instant, one enchantment, uh, three creatures, and one planeswalker. Uh, I think we'll be tooling with uh, that composition a little bit, obviously. Um, as you know, blue has some really good creatures, but blue really excels in doing blue things like telling you no and drawing cards and taking turns and things like that. So I think we're going to be kind of glossing over like the Planeswalker slot maybe unless we can make a really good argument for you know one of the Jaces uh, or even you know what is it Will Kenrith that's the mono blue yeah but um, otherwise so to start off um, uh, Dale and I had talked at length about what the composition of a Commander Collection Blue might look like, uh, we both agreed that it was probably going to have about two counterspells in it. Yeah. Now, as, uh, as many counterspells as there are in the game, um, and even as iconic as counterspell is, the, we believe that uh, two counterspells, um, I don't think Force of Will goes in here. Yeah, no, neither do I. Uh, it's got... X amount of printings thus far, and because of the surge in Commander, I believe that some of the two the two we should be looking at are Force of Negation, which had a singular printing in Modern Horizons a little two years ago. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah, yep. Or was it twenty nineteen? Uh, it was twenty nineteen. That was, was two it years ago. Okay, yeah, it was like the first quarter. I know we like to pretend quarter. that, yeah, like we know to pretend that 2020 didn't happen, but <laughs> um, no. So, Force of Negation, a singular printing, a very sought after card, and a great effect for blue. Free counterspells are the best counterspells. And uh, right now, the thing's about like 50 bucks. Yeah, I mean, the Modern Horizons was, uh, it's listed under a master set, so it's already more expensive to buy the packs, it's a more expensive set, so, uh, yeah, it's going to command a, a pretty high price, uh, 
and it's definitely worth it. I mean, its power level is definitely up there. Yeah, and uh, because of the low density printings, um, especially you know, Modern Horizons being a master set, and it's already going to be uh, out of the market and more expensive. Uh, I just I think that is a slam dunk for this commander collection, and um, you had mentioned another one that is nigh a staple in blue commander decks uh, if you have access to it, and that is uh, fierce guardianship. Yeah. So fierce guardianship, if you're unfamiliar, is two generic, one blue for an instant that says you if you control your commander. You can cast the spell for free. Uh, that's not the exact wording, but you, you get what I'm saying. And it says yeah. counter target non-creature spell. So if you control your commander, this spell costs nothing. And and like I, like we said, any free counter spells are good counter spells. Uh, this one just hinges on you having your commander out. Um, now, the case we would make for that. Uh, Fierce Guardianship is, again, it's extremely low print run in comparison to a draft set. Uh, single printing, only in the uh, Gavi Nest Warden Commander deck. And I honestly think that it just, it needs reprinted yesterday. You know, they could have reprinted it in the, any of the Zendikar Commander decks. Uh, the Kaldheim, the Com Commander Legends, they all have a blue Commander deck from each one. I think the Zendikar one was Anwan. The Commander Legends was Ersi, the t serpent guy. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Kaldheim has the Rag, Rag something, Ragnar, Ragrar, the Fortale guy. Oh, yeah. You know, all blue. All would benefit from every blue deck in Commander can yeah. benefit from having a free counter spell that hinges on your commander. Why is it so good? Because well, it'll stop pretty much any removal, you know, non-creature removal for your commander. Uh, in CDH, it's a an absolute staple if you're running blue. Uh, you never want to not have it in the list. Um, for not, I mean, I can't really think of a good reason. Why you wouldn't have it in the list. Yeah. So we figured with these two counter spells, um, they would end up in this commander collection. I would even say not just because of their power level, but strictly because of lack of printings. Yeah. You definitely know? both like uh, super solid cards. Uh, commander is just getting bigger and bigger, limited print run. Uh, I mean, they're just prime candidate to be put in there. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't throw those in there unless they already, for some reason, had them slotted as a reprint in something else. But, but even, even yeah, even, even then, then. <laughs> having commander players be able to look at a package like you know, Commander Collection Green just has all eight cards on the back of it, and know that you are getting good staples that can be used in any deck that runs that color, uh, I think it's definitely a slam dunk for those two counter spells in particular. Plus, I think that if we look at the prices of both of those, uh, like 
both of those together are close to about what a force of will would cost. So, like, I don't see them putting a force of will in there because that's already going to, like, highly exceed the, the profit margin they would get. So they'd rather, like, keep that reprint value of that force of will for a later reprint in a draft-style set. Or a master or set. Or a master set over reprinting it and, and losing that, you know, reprintability. Yeah. But, I mean, it, I think it's proven, you know, with things like Mana Crypt, Force of Will, it doesn't matter how many fucking times you reprint it. People are going to collect ten play sets from that thing and drive the price sky high anyway. That's true. You know, it's like you can't get a ma- an Eternal Masters one for cheaper than a, an Alliances one. You know, it's just, it is what it is. It's going to always have that intrinsic value. So, yeah, there's a lot of players out there that have, like, 10, 20 commander decks. And if they crack, you know, a Mana Crypt or a Force of Will, and they got a deck it can go in, they're probably not going to sell it. They're just going to put it in their deck and have it, you know? They're not going to come off of it. Yeah, so, uh, honestly, I... I don't see the need for something like a Force of Will to be in here. It, it will not affect the price. It will not affect its, you know, like, I don't want to see any more Force of Wills. Yeah. I, you know, as a blue mage, I uh, I hate getting baited into a Force of Will at the end of whatever I'm doing. Uh, I, you know, I respect it, but I'm also, like, fuming silently. Yeah, I like Fierce Guardianship for flavor-wise and Commander anyway over Force of Will. Plus, I I like the ability to just cast a spell for free. Like, I don't have to exile another blue card out of my hand in order to cast it, which that makes it, like, the cherry on top. I can just cast it for free if you try to target my Commander. Correct, but, you know, you have the whole non-creature clause. Sure. So, it doesn't stop their hoof. But it stops them Court of Calling for a hoof. <laughs> yeah. It stops their uh, instant speed combo or them trying to stop me from comboing. Yeah. But, so those were our two uh, counter spell slots that we had kind of agreed would be um, in the... in the We, it, we didn't want to make it Commander Collection counter spell because you definitely could. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Those were the two that we thought would get the most playability and the the best reprint value. Um, next, we decided on uh, probably two creatures. Uh, the Commander Collection Green has uh, three, but Green is a is the creature color. So one hundred percent, I can see why there's so many fucking creatures in the thing. Makes anyway, I'm surprised <laughs> it's not four creatures. Like, I'm surprised it has a Planeswalker instead of a Crater Hoof or something like that. Yeah. You know, other than just straight monetary value, why they wouldn't put it in. But um, the first one, Dale, we had talked about, go ahead, uh, was uh, Spellseeker. So that's a two generic, one blue for a human wizard that's a 1-1, and when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost two or less. Reveal it, put it in your hand. Uh, and that's out of the Battle Bond set. And, I mean, it's on Card Kingdom. It's sitting around 30 bucks. And, uh, I mean, I feel like Battle Bond was a pretty highly successful 
set. I mean, 100%. everybody loved it. Definitely. Super great for commander players. And, I mean... Even the draft format, the twin-headed giant yeah. uh, uh, draft format was cool. Yeah. It was, a, it was a sweet set. Definitely one of my favorite sets, like, since I've been playing, so... I mean, I really love it. A lot of under-the-radar staples that are now back up to staple price. Uh, you know, the doubling season was cheap for a while. The, yeah. uh, the Micasynth Lattice was cheap. Um, and it even came out with some really cool cards. Uh, like we like, like Spellseeker, Bonus Round was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was one of our... It it does it isn't a spell in and of itself, but it does ex- it goes and gets exactly what blue is known for, which is instants and sorceries. Yeah, like to me, it was kind of like would they would they throw uh, you know a tutor, a actual tutor spell in there? I don't know, maybe, but I think they would probably throw in a creature that also doubles as just a spell tutor anyway, like. Just to mix it up so like the whole thing isn't all just instants and sorceries. I mean, so I definitely think Spellseeker could could pop up in there for sure. Yeah. Um, our second creature slot. Um, now, you did bring up a good point. I, th- I think it could either be Snapcaster Mage or Con- uh, Consecrated Sphinx. One of those two, I think, definitely. Um, both are ubiquitous with the blue color. Consecrated Sphinx always draws a groan from the table every single time that it's played. Yep. It's kill on sight. Uh, even getting one turn cycle around is considered successful. Yeah. If it makes it back to your turn and your Con Sphinx is alive, holy shit. I mean, at that point, it's basically you're paying six mana for six cards and that's if none of the other players draw any additional cards during their turns so i mean that's pretty good value you're paying one mana per card it's a good card draw yeah and uh snapcaster mage the tempo style where you're getting a creature but you also get to cast something from your graveyard uh, probably a counter spell or a turn spell or something ridiculous. Yeah, a win the game spell or a step to win. <laughs> yep, Snapcaster Mage. And because of Modern Legacy, Snapcaster Mage does command a price tag. So yeah. 40 bucks probably? Yeah. Somewhere on there? Yeah, I know. It was, it was even above that for a while. I think it was around 50 for quite a while. And, uh... Yeah, I, I always slept on it. I never really liked it when I when I was probably like a year into playing Magic is when I started to be like, actually, you know what? I really like this card. Being able to get what you need instant speed out of your graveyard like to stop something. Yeah, it turns out that that's a really good effect. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Who would have thunk being able to cast any instant sorcery in your graveyard? Yeah. Extra extra turns, or if you're, like, just not really trying to play, like, CEDH or, like, highly competitive, like, go grab, you know, that zombie zombie spell out of the grave and recast it. Get, what, 13 zombies from other floorboards? Yeah. (laughs) Something like that, just to play casual. Casual fun. 
Oof. Snappy into 13 zombies. Um, yeah, so those are the two creatures we really think would be in the Commander Collection Blue. I mean, <coughs> I couldn't really think of uh, too many more, like, iconic, like, blue creatures blue, yeah, that are, like, creatures? Com also commanding, like, not a super high price, but, like, a mid-level price like I, I think the the gulf in value difference is like you know con sphinx is 30 bucks uh the snapcaster's 50 bucks um the spell seeker is what 20 now something like that yeah 18. and then you have like other amazing commander blue creatures like gilded drake which is now 500 dollar <laughs> card so the yeah. the gulf in value is just immense when you're talking about blue creatures that aren't, you know, a lot of blue creatures are the uh, the grease for a lot of blue decks. Uh, like your Archaeomancers and things like that where you're trying to rege like regenerate value or recur value from your grave. You're trying to um, do things that just kind of help your deck run a little smoother. Whether you're scrying like or a uh, Patron Wizard, where, if you're familiar with Patron Wizard. No. Oh, man. Wizard Tribal. This was back <laughs> when as Mono Blue Azami was, like, a king among, you know, Tier 1 decks. Uh, this, this is back in the Scion days. Like, remember I, I told you the CDH Scion? Yeah. Scion of the Air Dragon. Uh, Patron Wizard is just three blue mana. Tap an untapped wizard you control... Counter target spell unless they pay one. Oh, all right, yeah, I have seen that. Yeah. So it's like a three three or a two two. Yeah. Um, and you were running mono wizards azami, so you can either azami them to tap them to draw cards, or you can patron wizard to counter spells. And if you wanted a big old target on your forehead, you <laughs> would start countering spells with patron wizard, and everyone was trying to shit on you. Yeah. And then they printed uncounterable board wipes, like uh, Supreme Verdict. Yeah, and you you're just like, well, my wizards are dead. And there's <laughs> nothing I can fucking do. So, fuck. But yeah, Patron Wizard would have been one that I would have thought. Uh, mostly because it's just cool. Like, um, tap a wizard, draw, or uh, tap a wizard, counter spell. Yeah. Unless they pay one. And so you can, you know, either make something cost four extra or maybe just a couple extra mana so that they don't have enough mana to combo out. That's yeah. what I used it for. Yeah, I like it. It's flavorful too, wizards. But, like, that's on. like, like I said, because Patron Wizard is rare. So I'm trying to think of cards that aren't just, you know, commons on commons that you would be running in a, a mono blue shell or a. Uh, you know, really high-value blue creature strategy. I just don't... I don't see that, you know, as a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've, never, I've never... I've seen... The only deck that I've seen that really hinges on blue creatures is like an Edric. Okay. Um, if you understand... You know, it's like whenever uh, an opponent... Whenever you deal damage to an opponent, draw a card... 
and then it uses a lot of the it's a card archetype called flying blue men okay or flying men which are just a one one for one with flying yeah that's that's you know and you just use that to generate a shit ton of advantage yeah, just keep hitting them with flyers and drawing But cards. they're not iconic cards. Like, yeah. I can't name the entire list of flying flying men. Like, yeah. I can't. I have no idea. But the the heavy hitter creatures like Consphinx and Snapcaster and Spellseeker and things like that, I think those would be more suited to... Uh, that, uh, I guess you have the, the Urza creatures. The the Urz, uh, uh, Palancron, yeah. Great Whale, and Peregrine Drake. But Peregrine Drake, common. Palancron, reserve list. And Great Whale, reserve list? Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. so it's like you're left with Peregrine Drake, which is yeah. a common and has already been printed a shitload because of Popper. Yeah. It was like really heavy, heavily poppered. But, uh, yeah. I had thought about Deadeye Navigator. That's like an $8-ish card now. I mean, and it, it's... Per, I mean, you see that a lot in well, a lot of decks. With our luck, though, that's what Wizards would put in there. Yeah. They, put it, they would put an $8 <laughs> yeah. card in there. That's, well, I guess that's what I meant. We'll see that in there over, like, a Spellseeker, you know, or a Snappy. Oh, but. I would say definitely it'd be, like, Spellseeker and Deadeye. They yeah. would give you a, a card set that, like, works together. But not too yeah. expensive. Yeah. You know, can't can't just hand you dollar bills. <laughs> uh, so the one one of the slots that we were really kind of iffy on was the the commander collection. Green has the planeswalker, Frailies. Um, if I see another printing of Jace the Mind Sculptor, I'm just <laughs> gonna lose my shit. Like yeah. <laughs> fucking come up with a better planeswalker. Like I get it. It's iconic. It was the first. I remember World Wake Standard getting shit on by a blue-white rock deck. Or blue-white control that was just Jace the Mind Sculptor's interaction, stone forges, and, like, batter skulls and shit. Like. That sounds toxic. Uh, it, it was AIDS. <laughs> it was mega AIDS. And honestly, like they they're so afraid to do that again to that it will be that powerful. But you gave you gave the dude a brainstorm for zero. Yeah. Put the brainstorm at negative one. It immediately falls out of power, as much powerful as powerful as it is, because it was a four four mana planeswalker for what. For three loyalty? I want to say it's three loyalty. Yeah, yeah, three. And it had four effects. The first one was a fate seal. The second one was the zero brainstorm. The negative one was bounce a creature. And then the, the negative fucking 12 or whatever it was, was fucking whatever. Like, it didn't even matter. But it was like, I'm going to play this brainstorm machine for four <laughs> mana and protect it so that I can just brainstorm every turn and... They're so afraid of, like, poking that hornet's nest again that they just keep printing the same fucking one. Do a cooler one. Please. Like, yeah. I'm begging you. Everyone was, cr like, 
up in arms about Chandra, Torch of Defiance, the other four ability planeswalker, saying, oh my god, this is going to be just as bad as Jace. Everyone's going to want this, blah, blah, blah. And it fell into the dirt. Like, yeah, it was good and standard. But did it really find a home outside of that? No. No, it didn't. It did not at all. Is it a decent card? Definitely. Playable? Most certainly. But, like, I've seen two printings of that card, and one was in a spell book. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I just don't feel that Jace the Mind Sculptor deserves to be printed again. Fuck you. Come up with a cooler Planeswalker. Teferi's already cooler than Jace. Um, yeah, Teferi's way cooler than Jace. And, and that the new one, yeah, Master of Time. That thing's pretty dang good. It's disgusting. Like, I don't want to see that reprinted because I think it's so annoying in Commander to deal with that fucking thing. But... At the same time, I'd rather see that than Jace the Mind Sculptor because yeah. Teferi's way cooler than Jace. And yeah. I'm sick of Jace. I would take, like, I would take another Teferi Master of Time over an eighth printing of Jace the Mind Sculptor. For sure. Like, people are going to hoard the Jace the Mind Sculptor no matter what. Yeah, you managed to bring his cost down from $120 to 40 over X amount of printings over <laughs> X amount of years. But... I I don't think in Commander that it's as good as everyone thinks. And I don't even think a ton of people think it's that good. It's it's not running any CDH lists that I know of. It's not running in casual lists because it's still a $40 card. Yeah. Like, it's in this weird limbo of, like, not good enough for CDH, but too expensive for regular EDH. Blech. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just not I'm a like, fan I literally have two copies of it. And I don't even use it in any decks. It, dude, I have like five. <laughs> Literally, I use it I've, in nothing. I have an original World Wake. I have two Eternal Masters, and, or whatever the Master set it was in. And then yeah. I have one that I don't even know what set it's from. Double Masters. I have a Double Masters one, too. Yeah, that I have two from Double Masters, and I just don't and, use them. And any time I put it in a fucking deck, it's like the first card I cut. Yeah. I'm like, I think I've pl I brainstormed like three times from this, and then it died. And that's all the good that it's ever gotten me. So, like, I just end up cutting it for a more impactful spell or creature or whatever. Yeah. But. Agree. Yeah. So, we're really kind of meh on the Planeswalker slot, quote-unquote, in the Commander Collection. But um, we did kind of think that one of the slots of the last two should be an extra turn spell. Now there's a there's a fuck ton of candidates for this. Yeah. Uh, but we came down to about two. One was the original time warp. Um, five mana, take an extra turn. It's a three and two blue for a sorcery. So that was one of the contenders. The other, uh, the other being Nexus of Fate. Yeah. Nexus of Fate. Really, singularly because of its print run. One single printing. It was the M... M19. Yeah, M19 Buy a Box promo. And if you're unfamiliar with the Buy a Box promo system, uh, it's bullshit, first of all. But they printed a card that you could only get 
by buying a box of cards. Whenever you went to your LGS and bought a box, you were supposed to get a Nexus of Fate, too. But fuck that. Like, people are going to wait, get it on the secondary market, because why would you pay $80 plus whatever this card is worth? Yeah. You know, like, it was just like, do I want to pay $80, crack a bunch of bulk draft shit, maybe get lucky one or two times and get this card, or would I just pay the 17 bucks? Because I know it was like $17, $18 when it came out. Yeah, when it first came out, it wasn't... It wasn't terrible. No, Price no, wise, no. And know? then and then people found out, oh, it's continuously looping forever. Yeah. And it never goes away, and you can just always have it in your deck. Wow, that seems pretty fucking good. Yep. And so it took over formats like Historic and Standard. Like, the Teferi Nexus deck was really annoying. And the big boy is that it's an instant. Yeah. With a reactive control deck... If you're not spending your mana in order to react to your opponent, like you don't have to counter anything and you don't have to stop them from doing whatever or bouncing anything, and you just have seven mana, you can just rip out a Nexus of Fate. Why not? Yeah. On their end stat, Nexus of Fate. Yeah. And shuffle it back into your library and draw it on your turn and do it again. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know who thought that putting... If Nexus of Fate would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal it, shuffle it into its owner's library instead was a good idea. Like, didn't they learn that, like, extra turn spells need to say, and then exile this spell so that people don't just loop turns? Yeah. And and then they made it just that easy. Like, from anywhere. So if it gets milled, if you discard it, whatever, boom, it shuffles back into your library that's so powerful like so powerful but yeah so those were the two contenders if we scrapped the planeswalker slot um we could fit both and that would bring a massive amount of value to the commander collection itself but i think they would try and shoehorn a planeswalker in and unfortunately, because Jace is the baby face of the franchise as it is, it would probably be Jace. Though they have uh, definitely kind of been airing towards since M20 and like that kind of thing. Teferi has been much more in the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there was the year of Teferi where they had... Uh, they printed Teferi and War of the Spark. Then they printed Teferi, the next Teferi, the Hero of Dominaria. Yeah. I think those were the same year. Yeah. And um, both were really good Teferi. Yeah. And then, so then, the, and then the most, the newest one, Master of Time. And yeah. all the Jaces have been shitty and lackluster. <laughs> yeah, and Teferi's just got these Teferi's just got cards. these bomb ass cards. <laughs> They're like, we need Teferi to catch up to Jace now. We still have to give Jace cards, but. We're just going to give Teferi all the cool Planeswalker cards, and Jace can have the shitty not cool. (laughs) Yeah. But. So, that was our our thinking, that one Jace would go in the Planeswalker slot, even though Teferi is better. But my vote would be Teferi Master of Time, I believe. Um, And then the one turn spell, I'd have to pick Nexus, just strictly because of printing. Yeah, I like agree. They're about the same price, I believe. Like, the Time Warp and the Nexus are about 25 bucks. 
Yeah, yeah. I want uh, to maybe say the, that. Maybe the time warp might be a little less. I, I, don't, like 20 I can't bucks. remember. For some reason, I think I've seen time warp on the uh, the spiking list. Like, oh, really? Not too long ago. Maybe a week ago. I think it was going up. So, But still, know. Nexus of Fate, I think because of the limited print run, to get it into the hands of more players, that should be the one. Yeah, like don't get me wrong, I I hate playing against it because it's just you know they're you know they're gonna go get that and take a million turns. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, it, it needs to get reprinted. They fucked up by making it the buy a box promo like that and then not giving it another printing. And I, I well, I mean you, I, Dale, we've talked about this at length. You know my thoughts on the buy a box promo, regardless of what it is, like. They made a really overtuned one in Nexus, and then they had Sun Song and Fire yeah. Fangler. They were just bad, just shit. <laughs> Nobody gave a fuck about that yeah. card. I've never seen that deck ever built in real life. I mean, I've talked to people online who built it, but I've never played against it yeah, once. ever, and so. probably for good reason. I think it probably just sucks. Yeah. Um. But. I think that was a that's a terrible, 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 you know, rut that they fell in. That was like, oh, this will incentivize people to buy more boxes, but we have to make sure the power level doesn't break standard or historic or, you know, because I think it's banned in historic on Arena. Um, I don't know if it's legal in Pioneer. I have no idea. If Pioneer is even a format, I don't know anybody that plays it anymore it's with the the swath of bands and speaking of which you know just a couple days ago the euro hammer finally came down and slapped euro from every format but commander and vintage yeah you know it's like well you know we've let this thing smash people's faces in for a full year you know that Last month would have been one year since the release of Euro. And uh, they're like, well, we've let it destroy formats for a, a whole year. And that's enough. You know, yeah. we've sold as many packs of Theros Beyond Death as we can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll cut it off now. Man, I feel like at this point, though, like uh, vintage legacy old school players are about to just be like yeah we don't even care what wizard says about any bannings or format or anything anymore because yeah we're just going to do our own thing because we're just sick of wizards messing everything up anyway so well i mean okay so you think about it like this you have this set of eternal formats right the eternal formats never rotate so what does that mean for your design space you know, it gets smaller and smaller for those formats because you can break fucking anything if you go long enough. Yeah. If you showed a uh, a type two, for those of you who don't know what that is, this was pre-modern era. There was an there was a, a format called type two, and type two was the modern esque. Uh, you weren't allowed to play the power nine, but you could play up to. You know, anything that was uh, staying or legal at the time. So, if you showed a Type 2 player, Oko, <laughs> they would be like, uh, 
you're kidding me, right? This didn't actually make it to the pack, right? Like, this was a design flaw. This was something they threw out. And you're like, no, no. And then you show them uh, Euro, which coincidentally has the same mana cost as Oko. And you're like, here's a card that for three mana will draw you a card, gain you three life, and allow you to play an extra land. You know, and then for four, you can exile five cards out of your graveyard and play it again. Uh, they would they would look at you like you're nuts. <laughs> you know, there was like a lot of strategies in Type Two, like Turbo Depths, like Dark Depths. Uh, Vampire yeah. Hex Mage was a big one because Vampire Hex Mage had just released um, in Zendikar or World Wake, one of the two. Uh, and it was like. You know, it was a different, it was a different thing back then. But you look at the bannings from the past three years versus the past twenty. Yeah, and it's just like these eternal formats are going to be broken, and they are broken intrinsically because of their non-rotating nature. You can't design for every card in Legacy. It just can't fucking happen. Dreadheart Arcanist had to get banned in Legacy. You know, and if you look at that card on its face, for standard, garbage. Yeah. You know, was not huge in standard. Modern, though, they have a bunch of one-mana spells that are real good. In Legacy, they have a fuck-ton of one-mana spells that are real good. Yep. And it turns out, recurring those consistently every turn is uh, pretty busted. So, you know, they, like... It's so unassuming. You look at Dreadhorde Arcanist and you're like, oh, that's alright. You know. And then you get these legacy decks that are like, I'm going to cast everything. Again. It's basically like having two decks. <laughs> yeah. You know. And it's just like the design space is cool. You can recur a spell equal to its power whenever it deals damage. Great. That's a cool mechanic. But now you can't play it in Legacy because it's just too powerful. Because there's too many spells. It's just the the, the nature of the format. And that's why people always say, oh, vintage, uh, vintage is dead. I don't care what anybody says. If you play Vintage, I'm sorry, but fuck you. Like, that's what Wizards <laughs> is saying to you. And I'm just going to tell you instead of, you know, whispering it gently into your ear. Um, vintage, you have the, you have, like, fun Vintage decks. Like the, you know, like the... 93, 94, and that kind of stuff, where your deck building is so uh, shrunk that it's just like, you have to play these old, weird decks. Um, but Vintage in and of itself is like, I would love to flash in this Hull Breacher when you brainstorm, get a free Black Lotus, and a 3-2. You know, like, yeah. oh, wow, that's pretty fucking good. Or someone, you know, killing somebody with a, a Black Lotus that they okoed into an Elk... Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> Just crazy stuff. Yeah, like, shit that... This will only happen in Vintage. And... Fuck. That it's impossible to design for. The design teams only have so many, like, man hours that they can put into this. They, uh... They only have a scope where they're trying not to break standard. Not saying they've done a great job in the past couple years. But, uh... They're, they're trying to make sure that they can print cards of a high power level that would get people to buy product. And they 
it just vintage like elder formats, old formats are just too like too expansive. You have access to every fucking card ever printed in vintage. Yeah. You will never balance a card for vintage. And if you do balance it for vintage, it's not going to be strong. Not going to be strong at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I can't put this this upside on this card for standard because in vintage, this card from the the dark allows you to do this with it. You know, like, they don't give a fuck. They're yeah. just like, fuck it. They'll figure it out. Yeah, you know? I mean, they, they can't worry about it. I mean, otherwise they can't make new products that people want to buy. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. It is what it is. There's never going to be balancing for legacy and vintage. Modern, eh. I think it's going the way of legacy. Yeah. Like, Eventually, modern will just be the same as yeah, you know, the, legacy. Yeah, the vintage. card pool will be so expansive, it will be impossible to balance for modern. And if they do, they'll just ban it. <laughs> yeah. You know, Euro got banned in modern. Um, what else got banned in modern? I'm trying to think. Like, the original ban list for Modern was things like Hypergenesis and Stoneforge Mystic and Jace the Mind Sculptor, Sensei's Divining Top. You know, uh, just kind of cards that were kind of bullshit. And the... they Oh, Tibble's Trickery. That's what they banned. Mm. Tibble's yeah. Trickery. Turns out, when you cascade into Tibble's Trickery and get a free Emrakul, wow, that seems pretty fucking good. Yeah. You know, like, it's yeah, so it's so ridiculous, dude. It's so nuts that ah. I mean, and the one thing though that saves Commander from all those problems is that it's a singleton format, so it's not as easy to just completely break a card because you can you know do stuff like Tibble's Trickery and just flip into your dude. Like that's yeah. way harder to do in Commander. Yeah, a hundred cards, singleton. Like, I Tibbles trickeried a Mox Opal the other day. I Tibbles trickeried a Mox Opal on turn two into a free Necropotence. And I was like, hell yeah, yeah. value baby. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, pretty good. Did it win me the game? No, but still, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> and uh, you know, I've seen people trying to break Tibbles trickery in uh, in Commander. Uh, which essentially turns into mulligan until you try and hit Tibble's Trickery. But good fucking luck with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, 100-card format, like I said. But the constraints upon four cards, 60-card formats, especially the Eternal ones, is just too great. They're, they're, they're looking to keep Standard alive. They're looking to keep Commander fun, so they're designing cards for Commander that just break the shit out of other formats. They don't care. And uh, really got off on a fucking tangent there, but I think it was yeah. buy a boxes. <laughs> I think it was buy a boxes where I started. Yep. Right. Nexus of yeah, Fate. Yeah. Nexus of Fate. So to circle back to that, um, a I think they shouldn't print fucking cards that you only get by buying a box of cards. It's yeah. like, you can only have this card if you have an extra 80 to $120. Yeah, like, if you. if you want to do buy a box promos, make it only fucking reprints, you know? Like, cards Something that have already get. been printed in other sets that you can get out of the pack that the set it's in. Like, 
Called Dude. Han, good example. Yeah. Realm Walker. Yeah. That's a great commander card. It's a great tribal card. And it's available in the packs. And if you buy a box and you don't get it in your box, you got it for free. There you yeah. go. Bam. Exactly. But do not not put the card in the set and yeah. then make it the buy a box because that's total bullshit. It is completely <laughs> bullshit. But, anyway, we beat that one. Oh, my. Sorry. <laughs> I fucking... I get heated. I get heated when I... when. You know, they they really try and fuck you over that hard for money. Yeah. Because uh, what did we have one more slot? No, that was it. That was it. That was the six. It was two counter spells, uh, the two creatures, and then we were based upon whether we included the Teferi or Jace and one time spell. One turn spell. Yeah. So that's six, then you get a soul ring and a command tower. Fuck you. Yeah. But Come on now, Wizards, though, with that seriously. Why? Why? Don't get me wrong. I like soul rings. Everybody likes a freaking soul ring and a command tower, but... Dude. In a mono... In a mono-colored yeah. product. We're supposed to get green spells, not artifacts in color in colorless I've lands. run probably 12 different mono-green commanders, and you know how many fucking one of those had a command tower in it? Zero. None. Zero amount of them. Yeah, it's only a detriment to your deck if you run a command tower in a monocolor deck. It's not fetchable out of any of your fetches you might have. And, up oh, Blood Moon. <laughs> dude, I thought about Blood Moon, dude. I'm Oops. like, I'm get. oh yeah, me getting Blood Moon in my monocolor deck and it actually working? Like, come on. That's ridiculous. That's so stupid. Yeah. Gah. It's so heated. Oh, it's man. so dumb. Like, they could have put Command Tower in, like, a Commander Precon and whatever, like, the color of the Commander, make that the color of the... Yeah. <laughs> of Just it. different arts. That would be awesome. Like, I heard we're supposed to be getting uh, monocolored Commanders for uh, Strixhaven. The houses are supposed to be monocolored houses. Oh, shit. So, like, if we get five Commander decks with that set for this year's Commander set or whatever they could have just put the command towers in there maybe like, have like different houses of the Strixhaven have different command towers that would be cool <laughs> but even but then they it's didn't still, do that. They're not it's still, do it's that. still a monocolored Stupid. EDH deck with a command tower which yeah, is just dumb silly. as fuck yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean honestly we I'd love to hear from you guys what do you think the Commander Collection Blue would have in it. What are your favorite blue cards? Um, there is a noticeable lack of Cyclonic Rift in this Commander Collection breakdown thing. Yeah. And I think I would do so well as to keep it out. I don't really care about getting a Cyclonic Rifted. I mean, I do. I groan. But... Uh, it's just annoying. Like, I don't mind it when somebody wins the game because of it. I'm totally cool with that. Cyclonic Rift, boom, then they win. But I hate when somebody plays it when they're going to lose the game and then they just Cyclonic Rift and then have no follow-up with it and then the game takes another 45 minutes. <laughs> like, I'm like, ah. But. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are arguments that would say, like, why wouldn't you put Cyclonic Rift in here? <sighs> It's just, it's a good card. It's a great card. Um, I just don't care about it that much. Just got reprinted in Double Masters. 
Uh, I, I'm on the Cyclonic so. Rift train. I've run it a few decks, but I don't run it anymore. It's either, like, I don't know. I find it more annoying for me. Like, and I'm the one running it. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't really care if you run it, but I find it every time it's in my, it was in my hand when I had my, my old decks built, it was just like, I'm holding it in my hand. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to cast this because I'd rather just end this game and get another game in yeah. than, you know, do this. And if I cast it right now, I'm, it's not going to win me the game. It's just going to be annoying. It's exactly how I feel, man. I used to run it in a couple decks, and I was just like, I don't even like playing it. Like, so I'm not even going to play it. Even though it's like, it might save me from losing the game, I don't care. I'd rather them just win the game so we can start a new one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you want to skewer us for not putting Cyclonic Rift in, that was why. Um, it's a great card, but fuck that card. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, like I said, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know your favorite blue commander cards. What you would like to see in commander collection blue. And, um, you know, tell us what... I, I want to hear some... Arg you know, I like to argue. But, yeah. So, I would like to hear, you know, what you think would be in there and why. I want you to, like, tell me why you think something would be in there other than the things that we said... Because I think we had good arguments, you know. A lot of it has to do with print run availability and stuff like that. You know, real real uh, pragmatic reasons for <laughs> wanting things print, yeah. reprinted. And in a thing that you can just auto-pick up that card and not have to buy 15 packs, blah, blah, blah. Or go to the secondary market. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that was, what, our third in the Commander Collection series? We did... What our we did what our ones for green would be. We did red and white, a fourth. So yeah, commander collection black is next then, huh? Yep. We'll probably get to that uh, on our next episode. But um, yeah, uh, I'm I think I'm done beating this horse of uh, of blue cards and things yeah. like that. What do you what do you got for us, Dan? Um, Anything else? No, I'm I'm good. We're well. Uh, like I said, hit us up on the gram. Let us know what you think. Uh, thanks for listening once again. I'm JB. And I'm Dale. And this was the Commander's Vault. Have a good evening.